I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform, and I'd actually been looking around, and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter- user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to, uh, to edit and everything, so you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later, so hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, also, they distribute your podcast for you, so it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that, and you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out. Hello, everybody. This is Raul, and I'm here with the Catch Wrestling Alliance. This is our live stream, our podcast. Uh, so we keep real wrestling alive here. Hopefully, uh, everything is working as it should. Hopefully, the sound is good. Uh, let me know, though, uh, in the comments, because uh, we have a pretty interesting um, – well, we always have really interesting uh, information for you guys. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it, really. Uh, so Farmer Burns had this thing he called the, his theory of time. Uh, and this is what he feels is like his main point uh, as to like why he was so successful in competition, right? And grappling and whatnot. Uh, but he thinks you can kind of, um, you can apply all this to everyday life, right? So uh, let's go ahead and without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Right. So this is again, this is from Farmer Burns book, The Life Work of Farmer Burns. Uh, So this is chapter eight. Okay, so what he's talking about is um, really which is really cool because this book, again, came out in the early 1900s. um, And um, Farmer Burns is really into like psychology and like the whole idea of of. like mind-body connection. So again, this is basically what uh, he's gonna, what we're gonna be talking about here, right? So let's kind of get into it here. So the reasoning process also suggested another possibility to his mind. So Farmer Burns' mind. He's talking about growing up and how he uh, basically had to adjust, kind of like from being a little kid into being an adult and how his way of thinking changed. Right. So he talks basically about trying to um, like hone in these these mind body connections. Right. And so he says. um, uh, Right. By regular habits and constant practice, he could develop a mental organism that would materially aid him in winning for himself the coveted gold of champion wrestler of the world right so the coveted goal of champion wrestler of the world right so uh even as a youth he really wanted to he already dreamed of becoming like world champion wrestler because at that time again it wasn't uh so much all the what we call worked matches where uh the ending was predetermined and so um it was much more of a real thing and then we also have other people who kind of have that that understanding where it's like um uh they're their idea, or like say we have Nat Pendleton was one of the persons that I, I think is a really great example where he was um, uh, much younger than Farmer Burns 
and also Frank Gotch, but his dream was becoming the pro champion of the world. Um, but again, like later, as especially um, you know, as time went on, wrestling matches became more predetermined. So people like Nat, he decided that he didn't want to be doing these predetermined matches, or we call worked matches. So he quit because he could find other 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 jobs and other things that interested him. So he took off, just like uh, several others, like uh, Caddick, Earl Caddick as well. Um, I, I'd probably also throw in Joe Stecker because he he and Caddick were, um, they were asked to do like a tour of predetermined matches and they both refused because they, they were the ones who, you'd be able to find their videos uh, on YouTube. They, there's one of like the, um, like one of the earliest pro catch wrestling matches that took place in Madison Square Garden. They they sold it out. Um, yeah, and there's a, it's pretty decent quality, right? So you can still see it on um, on YouTube. Um, the 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 quality on YouTube isn't as good as the actual uh, video itself. Um, I had the the very like the, the huge opportunity to uh, view it because the man who found it was uh, Mike Chapman, the wrestling historian, and so he showed me his copy. Uh, I mean, he believes that uh, the copy on YouTube was basically a, a copy of his copy, and he doesn't he wasn't sure how that got leaked out. Uh, but anyway, the, it, you can see much more detail in the original version, uh, but you can still see good detail um, on the version on YouTube. It's just it's just much more faded, uh, but you can still make out some stuff. Um, all right, so let's go and get back to Farmer Burns' idea of the whole idea of this kind of mental, so like mind-body connection stuff. That he actually talks about it a lot, but here he um, he. He wants to kind of take time out to uh, explain how it evolved in his way of thinking that made him a champion. All right, so he said he he tried and um, uh, he believes that the brain with its telegraph system of nerves should be the director of every move and that by practice, you can leave the transmitting of the messages to that center of the brain called instinct which is cultivated by experience, right? So he often talks about, you know, just basically doing reps, you know, drilling, uh, sparring, and you want to do it so much and you want to train your body so much that it can, it can work for you, right? So like you want to make sure you have the flexibility and the strength and you want to eat right so that you actually have the energy and the range of motion and the strength to do what you're, mind wants your body to do uh, at the time that it needs to be done. Yeah. So he says the object, his object of, of course, was to instinctively protect himself from any chance advantage gained by his opponent while allowing his conscience, his conscious mental faculties to search for the opponent's weak points. And again, when the weak point was discovered to make quicker time in reaching that spot. This is what he calls his theory of time, right? He was, he was on time and his opponent who worked only with his physical powers was behind time because he was forced to be on the protective instead of the aggressive. He was always too late. 
right? So if you read more of uh, his instructional stuff, like his his uh, correspondence course stuff, he always talks about being on time, especially when you are, uh, say, if you are attempting, say, like a single leg, if you're trying to grab someone's leg, if you if you are able, like if you go reach for it and you grab it and you actually get a firm hold onto their leg, then you are on time, according to Farmer Burns. But if you reach for it and your opponent moves his leg out of the way, then you are actually behind time and he would, and your opponent was on time. So this kind of can give you another example of Farmer Burns' understanding or his usage of the word time to teach wrestling. All right. So hopefully that kind of uh, gives you guys a good understanding. Right. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue because he has some other good points here. Um, when the farmer goes onto the mat, he commences to breathe rapidly using both the muscles of the breast and the abdomen. This increases the circulation and he has stronger mental powers, mental and physical powers as a result. This, the farmer says, is the whole secret of my success. I simply use common sense and save my strength. All right. He says, I save my strength for the final rush. I work quickly and unexpectedly. The man who temporizes is lost and I never went in to lose. I have, I avoided, oh, so then this is the other part that you can kind of brush over because he says it all the time and I've told you a lot where basically, I actually I just said it a little while ago where um, he kind of then goes on to say like, you know, he tries to eat right. He doesn't uh, like smoke or drink. Um, he tries to get enough sleep. Uh, all, all these other things that he always talks about um, so that his body can be ready to take orders from his mind and then train through training and like habit Right. He says through habit, right? Um, so like drilling and and uh, and sparring and stuff. Then these commands can become automatic, right? So that and he says so that goes into the part of your brain we call instinct, right? So uh, usually um, in in science we usually kind of call those kind of things that your body just does naturally. Uh, say like all the organ function and stuff like that we call it part of the autonomic nervous system so that things are just happening uh even without your brain having to consciously tell tell it to, to be done right so i think that's kind of what he's trying to um trying to get at where it's like you want to you want to embody these things or do these things so much um that you can um, instinctively just do a lot of things but then also at the same time especially during a match you can then look for the weak spot of your opponent and then be so mentally present that you can detect what it is, like de detect what the weak spot is and then attack that weak spot so that you can win, all right? So, so let's go ahead and get uh, skip over to the next part because you know he just talks about you know like preparing his body and not drinking and all that. And um, so he says this, Theory of time is theory no longer. It is known, it is a known law. It is cause and effect, the intelligent control of mind over matter. There are many who are not wrestlers who could adapt this law to themselves, 
with profit. For, they, for there are many tasks in life that could be lightened considerably by using only those powers in their, uh, in their performance that are absolutely necessary, holding enough energy in reserve to meet the unexpected, right? So, um, so he says, yeah, it's like you can, you can apply this in all kinds of ways, uh, not just wrestling, but um, you know, whatever kind of job you, you do, whatever other sports, whatever, you, you can apply it there as well. Um, so put simply where right, it's, it's like you, you train your body, you take good care of it. Right. So you, you can kind of think there's always, they always use that whole uh, idea about like the sports car where it's like, it gets, uh, the race car in particular that's used in, you know, pro races. Uh, they got the whole team working on it and, um, you're not going to just put any kind of fuel inside there, right? You're, you'll, you'll break it, right? If you put the wrong stuff in there or if you just put cheap parts or whatever, uh, when, when it needs maintenance. So you're, you could, you, you really should think of your body, uh, in the same, same way. Cause it, even more so because, uh, we don't necessarily have parts to replace certain parts of our, of our physical body. I mean, we have, we have different surgeries for like knee replacements and hip replacements and stuff like that, but you, it's still not the same as our biological parts, right? So um, you want to be really taking care of your body as best as you can and uh, so that you can prevent the, the need for certain types of like surgeries or anything like that. And so Farmer Burns believes that's, that, that is by, you know, getting enough sleep you know, not drinking and smoking and uh, eating a lot of vegetables, going outside, working out, drilling, you know, doing all these types of um, wrestling specific exercises. But he also does, uh, you know, he lifts, he talks about lifting weights. And um, you know, so, so he's not, he's not one of the types of people to say that like, oh, the best exercise for wrestling is only doing wrestling. Now he, he kind of takes more of a holistic point of view where it is like, you know, like the, the weights and say even stretching and all that stuff, um, like the way stretching helps in particular is like, it helps to keep you uh, having a wide range of motion, right? So that means if you do get kind of stretched into a difficult position, uh, it's not gonna be like uh, damaging to you. You're not necessarily gonna submit and you're not necessarily gonna get pinned. You can find a way out, um, but that that's true even in modern day, uh, like sports science or sports physiology, having a good range of motion and doing stretching, which is like the thing that people tend to hate the most, that is going to uh, prevent injury. So if you have the ideal range of motion, and actually there's there's charts that like uh, used used by doctors and stuff to kind of uh, let us know in these tests, um, like what your normal range of motion should be. And then basically if you're within the, like the healthy range, then you can, you can think of yourself as like a less susceptible to getting injured, right? So the main thing that like people get a lot of the times is like sciatic nerve pain. So it's like pain that comes from their lower back or hip, and then it goes down their leg, uh, usually down to the, the calf or sometimes all the way down to the bottom of the foot. Um, so usually those people, don't have the proper range of motion, right? So over time they've gotten tighter and tighter and tighter. So that can create 
uh, a situation where either you get because sciatic nerve pain can be the, like the root of the problem could be at the spine or could also be at your hip. So um, basically, like especially the hip version one where you have uh, this, it's called the piriformis muscle. It's one of our hip our hip muscles that uh, it's a deeper one that's like right on top of your sciatic nerve. So if that one's really tight, it can uh, compress or just put a lot of pressure on your your sciatic nerve. So then you get pain going down your your leg. And that's it's usually called like piriformis syndrome, and um, that if, if you have to have sciatic pain, that's probably the, the kind of pain you're going to want to get because uh, a lot of times uh, you know rehabbing it is easier than if it's if it's a problem with your spine. Um, but again, you could have prevented it, right? So um, you know that's why you got to be doing these other types of training. You got to be using your range of motion. Uh, you got to be you know stretching it out strengthening everything you know like lifting the weights and doing all that stuff and and, the, and through modern research it just corroborates this the ideas of farmer burns right he uh he was talking about all, like these kind of strength and conditioning ideas and that's basically how we train nowadays so uh, i used to be a trainer for ucla and also um um we um I worked in many different things at UCLA. So I even helped uh, make up, like I, I worked even helped print up some of these manuals for some of the student athletes as well. Because what UCLA did was they, um, for each sport, so you know, including you know whatever uh, water polo or all these kinds of sports that we have, um, uh, they would give kids uh, like kind of like training manuals that they could be doing like over summer or whatever. And a lot of it was showing how to do proper lifts and stuff so that they can be working out on their own. Um, so that all this stuff really helps to like keep your body strong, but also uh, keep it ready to, uh, to be used completely by your, your, your brain, right? Or your, your instinct, right? So when it needs to move, you don't even have to, you're, there's no lag time, right? Between, your desire to move or your understanding of when you need to move and how you need to move and your body executing that order right so that that is kind of like the whole idea or kind of like the essence of farmer burns theory of time and that's what he calls it his theory of time um and so he he kind of basically and that's kind of one of the things where he talks about it uh, definitely in this book, the, his life work of Farmer Burns, he talks about it a lot where um, the whole mental aspect is the main thing. So if your brain is working optimally and your body is well taken care of, then in a match, you, you know, you, you'll be able to get into the zone, basically. And I think ultimately that that's what these uh, like these practices kind of help you get into because like he mentions like uh, before a match he'll uh, he'll do like some quick breathing like some deep breathing you know into the we call it like diaphragm so he talks about using not only his lungs but also uh, his belly muscles right so it's usually called it the diaphragm so you're doing like this whole he does this whole belly breathing kind of, kind of type of thing that kind of gets his blood circulating and this is stuff you'll see uh, people do nowadays, but also done in like all kinds of cultures around the world. You'll see it done in a lot of like yoga practices, uh, but also too, uh, since he talks about breathing, 
this is also what's incorporated into a lot of meditative practices. So um, meditative practices is, are like, say, like there's all types of ways of doing meditation. So don't necessarily think of it as like uh, someone sitting down and just they're still the whole time. Uh, that is one way of doing meditation, just like seated meditation, but there's all types of what we call moving meditations, right? Um, and you can also think of prayer as meditation, um, uh, but also say like moving meditations are say yoga or uh, for the, like there's this thing called Qigong. I don't know if you guys know about that, but it's 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 somewhat popular. It's kind of like Tai Chi, um, but I think it's easier. Actually, it's much more easy to get into that meditative aspect than Tai Chi, because in Tai Chi, you have to learn a big long sequence of moves and then you have to practice that over and over again. Um, and then once you can do it where you're not thinking about it, so say like how Farmer Burns was talking about, um, uh, you get it where it becomes instinct. Well, that, that like getting something to where it becomes instinct takes time, right? It takes repetition so that something becomes, you know, just like effortless to, for your body to do, or just, uh, where it becomes so automatic that it can be done with minimal thought it takes time. Right. So Tai Chi is kind of like that. Qigong is a lot less uh, like that because it's not necessarily a sequence of moves. It's definitely more kind of like positions and minimal movements. And but the, there's heavy focus on breathing and visualization. Right. So that that I've, I've noticed uh, can get people really into that whole meditative uh, kind of in the zone kind of uh, aspect or that in the zone type of uh, um uh, what's called that state, right? Or, or that flow state where again, if you, you can basically, you can, what, what it is is like, it gets you almost like hyper-focused where it's like you can focus on your task. And so in the case of sports, right? In the case of Farmer Burns, it's wrestling, right? So you're not distracted by the crowd or, or whatever stress you've had and with your personal life or work or whatever. You're just focused and on your on your task of the match, um, but your body is then able to do. So, like you say, if your brain has is hyper focused, you kind of know what to do. But then, if you have if you haven't been taking care of your body, then it's like you're you're dragging this body um, behind your mind, right? So then, uh, it, it, like so, using Farmer Burns' words, right? So say if you see the need to go for a, a single leg technique and your your brain is like this broke down, <laughs> this broke down old uh, car, right? That you haven't taken care of, you never changed the oil and uh, got a flat tire and all that. Uh, your body then won't be able to complete the task that your mind perceived that needs to be done, right? So that's why all these things in order to kind of like fire on all cylinders, uh, you need all these components for you to be on time, according to Farmer Burns, right? So um, I think that's uh, my piece about that. I mean, you can totally, um, you know, you can, there's, I'm sure people have other types of meditative things. And so, so since Farmer Burns kind of mentions breathing in particular, I know nowadays with that Wim Hof, that dude, he's a, uh, uh, he's getting popular and, and his thing is all about breathing and he shows how like his breathing technique can get people to withstand like 
freezing temperatures and all that. So um, it, there's, there's power in all these types of things. And from her burns, he seemed to be like super inquisitive. And he grew up really poor you know, um, and, um, um, but his brain was just like super inquisitive, always wanting to learn. In his book, he just cites all these types of articles and books and stuff like that. So um, uh, he, he basically tried to learn and extrapolate and kind of apply the different different ideas of his time right so but what's cool about what he's saying is that a lot of it is still applicable today and a lot of it has been corroborated by modern research um, so a lot of times um, athletic research especially nowadays uh, one of at least back when i was at ucla i mean i'm sure there's probably other organizations that uh, provide valid uh, like sports science research but the one that we really relied upon or valued, it was called the National Strength and Conditioning Association. I believe they're still probably considered one of the leaders in sports science research. Um, you can always check them out because they, they, they do research on all types of um, aspects to improve training and, and athletic performance. So um, that, that could be another source if you guys want to kind of look up some of the stuff. All right. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get to your questions. So... Let me see. Bancho. <laughs> this is super informative. Okay, cool. I'm glad. I'm, you know, feel free to ask any questions because I can give my two cents. Uh, but what I guess I, I'm really, uh, uh, I'm really um, maybe amazed, or I, mean, I guess I guess I shouldn't be amazed because Farmer Burns was such a successful wrestler um, that I guess I shouldn't be amazed that he has like this kind of sophisticated understanding of like kind of like this mind-body connection that you know led to his success right and again like the sad thing was that like he was able to uh like train another champion like frank gotch and but unfortunately he outlived frank gotch as well and he just so frank gotch died around uh age 38 i believe uh, but farmer burns went on still like very active i believe it into his 50s and all that so um yeah, I think it goes to show where it's like, you know, if you if you're doing all these things, you know, you could, you know, your 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 body can support you for a very very long time. Okay, Patrick, in your opinion, how applicable is flow grappling, and how often would you recommend utilizing it in practice? Um, I think um, I think you can use it uh, whenever you're tired, but it's really it's really um, Again, just kind of knowing your your opponent. I mean, you'll have you'll have a, a coach, say like the really famous coach, Billy Riley. Um, he his his famous quote that I like. Um, he says like you, you wrestle everyone like they're world class. And again, you have stories from his gym uh, where it's like you know people they they kind of they kind of brutalized each other uh, in that in, in that gym, and like they felt like if you if you ask someone to spar, they took it as like an offense where you really want to fight them. So then they, they wrestled with you really hard. But again, um, I don't think you have to be that way, and especially all the time, because then what you what are you going to get, right? You, a lot of times you can get injured and then say, if you have a match coming up, then you won't be prepared for it because you got to be uh, taking up all this time to heal, right? So uh, you can flow and then basically you can, when you flow, 
um, you can go to where you get to some like a submission point and then uh, just give it up. You know, recognize that it happened, recognize how you got there, and then uh, you guys can just continue on from there. Just let let go of that position and then uh, see where you can get from there. A lot of times you can figure out a lot of cool techniques uh, just by flowing, just like by continuing, like you know, you bridge out of a pin and um, or a submission hold and um, you'll see how that maybe you could have gotten out earlier or, you know, you, you can learn a lot of things by kind of breaking it down. The flow, you can think of the flow version of wrestling that can become like the, the wrestling version of Tai Chi where uh, they take some, some fighting moves and they, and you do it as slowly as possible. Uh, then you can kind of learn a lot about it where you can learn a lot about uh, like your balance and where your, where your feet really should be to, optimize your balance so it makes it harder for you to fall down or um you know there's 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 things you can do by or there's a lot of things you can learn uh from flowing flow grappling Pancho, as a has a complete beginner or as a complete beginner how does someone get into catch well if they um if, like if you're in la come train it looks like uh the gyms like seems like uh, I guess COVID has been decreasing like so fast in LA that it's like, like uh, they're, they're saying like tons and tons of people got vaccinated and the, the instance of COVID is just like dropping so fast that um, in Los Angeles County and Orange County, the county south of us, um, they'll probably allow gyms to reopen like even by Monday or something. So uh, so fast, like it's pretty crazy. But uh, so if you're in LA, you know, come on over. I'll see. I'll see when the. I think the gym that I that I teach at, uh, it's called Fight Science MMA. They probably will open next month, April. So we won't just like we won't just jump into it like uh, like on Monday, like the newspapers are talking about. But uh, it'll probably take some time to uh, you know get a schedule going and stuff. And uh, you know, you're welcome to come train here in LA. The 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 gym is. Uh, it's kind of it's, it's located in this part of LA called we call it Mid City, so it's right in the middle of of the city, right? That's why they call it Mid City. But um, so uh, if if you're around, it's kind of a centralized location, so uh, you should be able to to come. It's near near one of the major freeways. All right. Oh, and if you're not nearby, you know, like my my buddy John Strickland's on the East Coast. Also, we have our online. Academy CWA Academy that you can go through our uh, our website catchwrestlingalliance.com Spaz we used to call it water wrestling go slow for balance yeah good good comment uh, Patrick are there any catch wrestling schools uh, near NorCal Bay Area Patrick, I'd love it if you can be the leader in NorCal Bay Area. Right? So come down and train, uh, do the online stuff, and let's uh, you can be the, the leader there. Because uh, I've had some people come down, but um, uh, you know, it's just so few and far between, and like people don't really stick with it. So uh, we haven't really set up anything uh, up there, like you know, like anything concrete. So it can be you, Patrick. <laughs> um yeah so but in the meantime if 
uh, I think that also what I'm going to be doing is um, have like adding to the our website people who've completed at least like to the level one um, certification, um, and we'll, we'll put that up on online so you can at least train with someone who's uh, done our at least two foundational courses in catch wrestling. So that that's like the stand up fundamentals and also the ground fundamentals, uh, and they've they what you do is you. You practice those moves and then you you submit them to me and then um, I'll give you notes on you know like things to to fix or things to change and then uh, once everything's satisfactory then you'll get like the level one certification we have four levels um, and then you'll get basically more access to more uh, instructional videos like more advanced stuff and some uh, kind of coaching tips on like coaching others in catch wrestling. All right, so that's kind of what we got going on. Uh, go ahead and uh, continue asking any questions. Um, but also, too, just want to let you guys know that so this is going to be in podcast version. If You might be listening to the podcast right now uh, in, in the future, at least. So usually what I do is, like, we'll take this, um, the audio of this live stream, and then we'll put it up on our, um, on our podcast, which will be available, like, on basically wherever you get your podcast from, uh, we put it up on Anchor, so then that that then disperses it out to um, uh, Spotify and uh, Google, iTunes, and all that. Bancho, do you have any theories why wrestlers tend to dominate in MMA? A, a lot of it is um, that top-down approach because um, in fighting, right, especially MMA, or I talk about it too, like in kickboxing, you start standing, you have then in order to get, um, like get someone down on the ground, you, you throw them down and usually you're the one on top. You're not necessarily like grabbing onto someone and then pulling them down on top of you. And there in jujitsu, a lot of those types of throws or a lot of those types of takedowns are taught where it's like maybe you can kind of pull pull someone down onto you. Um, so wrestling kind of matches um, the, like the, the whole idea, the top-down approach. Uh, wrestling, again, isn't necessarily the, especially amateur wrestling nowadays, it doesn't, um, like it's, it's not catch wrestling, so I'd say it's like not as uh, complete as catch wrestling, but it still has that top-down approach, so it's much easier to, uh, like integrate striking into someone who has like a wrestling background and then they can dominate. Uh, so that, that's why really they, and you, they have other, people have other theories of what you hear people talking about, like how wrestlers are just used to grinding or used to really uh, working out hard, taking some pain um, because a lot of like the pinning moves and stuff, you know, they're really painful. So they're designed to be painful so that you will uh, in order to relieve some pain, you'll go onto your back. Right, so uh, because there's no tapping out, right? So if you want to tap out, you gotta roll onto your back. So uh, there, there's kind of like this whole idea where it's like uh, it could be, it can make you tough, right? So there's all these different aspects, but I think a lot of times it's much easier to have this top-down approach. It just blends in easy to fighting, right? Than a than a bottom-up. Yeah, so not to say that like jujitsu, you, you know, like in jujitsu competitions, uh, you people start standing, but a lot of times then they go 
especially nowadays in no gi, people will even not even even in gi as well. You you get people who just sit down as quickly as possible. Uh, that, I think that's why why ADCC had the rule where you can't pull guard because you get people just uh, sitting down. You know, see who they see who can sit down the fastest and see who can pull the other guy onto them as fast. Whoever can can win that race to to the bottom, right? So um, a lot of times, it's not it's considered not good to have a, a race to the bottom, right? So, um, but that's that's probably why. But MMA in particular is kind of helping wrestling to survive because uh, amateur wrestling, like freestyle. Uh, you know, pretty much got kicked out of the Olympics, uh, you know, those few years ago. And then there was a big uproar about, you know, like you can't have the Olympics without wrestling. But, I mean, there's been a lot of mismanagement and whatnot. And I think, you know, even rules changes over time. It gets to where even even many of you guys, I think a lot of people have commented where it's like they want, they try to get into uh, like watching freestyle. But then there's so many rules and um, you don't even know uh, like how someone won at some at, at many matches. I think there was one recently I didn't watch, um, but it was a, a Jordan Burroughs match with uh, Chamiso, right, the Italian. And um, uh, basically, there was hardly any wrestling. I think they won by you know pushing, getting a point by pushing someone out of the circle, and so then you get these kind of points games, and then sometimes people will be uh the at the end of the time they'll they'll be um they'll be tied right but then a, a winner is automatically declared so then a lot of times that leaves the audience where it's like how did that it was tied how does someone win and like they just chose someone and so there's a lot of things that need to be explained and that's not good right that's not good for uh like spectators to not understand what's happening and so these are the types of things that happen in amateur wrestling uh that kill it right so uh mma was able to show how well wrestlers can actually uh like do in mma competition so because of that so like that's why like in china um people like have reached out to me to to help because um they they see the value in wrestling and they want to learn it um and so that that's that's why that's why like it kind of survived right otherwise you know like if jujitsu was as dominant then wrestling i think could be gone right <laughs> then you know like there'd have to be like a huge outcry where um uh, again where it's kind of like that's what what saved wrestling from it got cut basically and then the outcry of people are what kind of kept it back in but um like the management and stuff like that like the the whole idea of helping people understand uh it doesn't seem to be happening and that's yeah so just the other week one one of you guys so someone made a comment about that where it's like man i've been trying so hard to understand freestyle but makes no sense so it's hard to watch so it's true it's true all right so patrick i've seen you in a few shui jiao and sanda videos and channels what's your take on them and how do you combine integrate it with catch wrestling well, kind of like what I was saying earlier, where it's like uh, for fighting, you have kind of like the stand-up approach where everyone starts standing, you're striking, it's like in, M in MMA and in Sanda too, Sanda kickboxing, even Muay Thai kickboxing. Um, 
uh, again, kickboxing styles, you have all these different types of takedowns. Uh, Sanda, so Chinese kickboxing, has much more takedowns, much more wrestling-oriented uh, than Muay Thai, and much more wrestling-oriented than basically the other kickboxing styles. Um, so that's why I think like Sanda and catch wrestling blend perfectly because you, you have this this uh, this basically the stand-up style that has the wrestling in there. So you have a lot of these takedowns, a lot of slams, uh, and then you can just follow it up with the with the catch wrestling finish. So you can either pin somebody or go for some kind of submission hold. So I think those two styles in particular, catch wrestling and Sanda, they they just blend easily, so easily. And that, that's basically, I, I started in uh, Sanda first back in the 1990s actually, when I was a wee lad, right? And so um, that's why later when I was, you know, doing some grappling and, you know, like um, in LA, the, you know, jiu-jitsu was already uh, really growing, had all these, you know, like uh, uh, jiu-jitsu pioneers moved to LA and all that. So they were spreading it. So I did a lot of classes, but it didn't quite match my understanding of grappling, where it's more of that, that top-down approach. Um, and so even with my experience doing Shui Jiao, and so I went to uh, China to their sports university to train in, in uh, Chinese kickboxing and Chinese wrestling. And um, so I was able to do really well in the jujitsu classes. And uh, that's why I was just like, oh, there's got to be more to grappling than, than jujitsu and also amateur wrestling. Because again, amateur wrestling doesn't have submission holds. So there's got to be like, got to be something that's like more complete, right? Some, something more holistic that has this top down approach from my understanding of fighting and grappling um, and that has the submissions and all that as well. And catch wrestling is it basically. So um, I think more so than other styles, because like, again, I, I usually, in China, there's no, they don't use geese and all that really. But in Chinese, in, in the, the jacket wrestling, or the, what people usually call shui jiao, uh, they'll use like a, like a vest, um, but it's not like uh, judo so much, or, you know, it's not, it, it, you don't have to put on this long sleeve jacket, you don't have to put on the, this whole gi or anything like that. Yeah, so there, it is. It is different in that way. Um, so in a way, I think kind of matches more, even like kind of nogi. And then they're actually, I heard uh, from the U.S. Shui Jiao Association that they've already started doing nogi competitions. So it's like Shui Jiao. So basically, takedowns. Or but then you can also start thinking, it's becoming more and more similar than to sumo wrestling. But sumo wrestling also has some uh, palm strikes. So um, There'll still be those little differences, but like, yeah, it's, it's usually takedown competitions. Um, but there is moving movement, uh, kind of away from gi, right? So, and even now, so, so like, uh, my my student and good friend Juan Gonzalez, who was uh, who was here, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, we we put together a um, a no gi judo. Um, like instructional series because he wants to kind of introduce people to how to do some judo throws uh, without gi, right? Because in MMA, you don't have gi, right? In uh, no gi, of course, no gi, right? <laughs> Catch wrestling, no gi, right? But we do have submissions, right? So, um, 
I think that's why um, all these things combined can, can really help you. Okay, Spaz, do you guys research your submission aspects from the old books and things, or is it more recreation from word of mouth, coaches that have been passed down? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, so that, that and this, this is, uh, actually, Spaz is a really good question. Um, because this is one of the points, like why our channel or why Catrusing Alliance is is different. Uh, because you, especially nowadays, you're hearing more and more people talk about catch wrestling. So you'll hear the most random people mention that title, or a lot of people claim to be doing catch wrestling nowadays. Uh, like we've had a, a guest, Sam Yang, a few weeks ago, talk about how he went. He he. I guess he got like a structure certification from another school that uh, a lot of people from his school, even though they at his school they didn't call it catch wrestling, but because it's kind of like this grappling system, then people who got the same certification he did, now they're out like selling DVDs, calling themselves catch wrestlers when uh, their stuff is more judo based and all that. So uh, there, there are a lot of people who like, you could easily call yourself a catch wrestler because there isn't quite that lineage aspect that uh, like that jujitsu has where it's like, uh, there's even kind of what, like registries and IBJJF of recognized black belt coaches and stuff like that. Uh, we don't necessarily have that kind of thing. So that's one of the reasons why Catch Wrestling Alliance is here because uh, there is ultimately a style of wrestling that evolved in Northern England, right? called catch wrestling or catches catch can or sometimes you call it lancashire wrestling because that's the region of of england that it evolved in um and so when we see people so say like my experience is with wigan directly right so um roy wood who who trained with billy riley which was the coach of both roy wood and billy robinson who i also trained with um they will kind of have a similar, they'll have a lot of things similar, right? But then when I talk with my good buddy, John Strickland from the, you know, the, the East Coast here in the United States, you see that, so he has like the, the American type lineage of catch wrestling, which again, comes from England, right? And so we can see even without uh, really trying to explain anything to each other, we see like some of our techniques were just like so similar. Like we didn't, we maybe just had some different terminology, right? And like, but the details were almost exactly the same, right? So we know that even though that we were separated uh, for hundred years, we know that we're we're the same thing, right? And so with that being said, it's like you'll see the other people who might be talking about doing catch wrestling, you'll see them do things that are more characteristic of other styles, maybe more characteristic of judo, more characteristic of uh, chai jiao or, you know, or Japanese jiu-jitsu or Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And so that's why we can uh, say that, oh, that doesn't look like what we do because we, we have several old timers, right? So in, in case of John Strickland, um, he's not an old timer, but he like, he, uh, he was trained by Billy Wicks, who was an old timer, right? So who uh, who did the 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 we call it the AT 